But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. Dude, dude, <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. It's been two weeks. It's been too long. And this is episode 40 of the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content. Oh, sorry, 41. 41. I've been, I've been tagging everything completely wrong then today. I'll have to change that on the website. Uh, thanks for letting me know. And I was the one who made the show notes too, so I know it should be 41. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this is episode 41. Uh, we had last week off as Rob was traveling for work. But guys, we've got a lot to catch up, uh, catch up with in the volleyball world as we've got all of the pro leagues at full swing. We had a massive Super Cup. Uh, over over this past weekend, uh, and it's just it's just been awesome. We had a, a banger of a match today between uh, between Lube and Perugia that that went the the, the limit. And I have to be honest, Rob, I wasn't ex- expecting that with how much Lube has been struggling uh, this year. So let's just jump in r- right right off the bat to the Super Cup uh, there. As you see, Leon, who took a scary tumble right at the end of the fifth, there. We'll 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 get to that uh, in a little bit. But first and foremost, Leon. Uh, and Perugia winning the first major trophy in the Italian league this year, the the Super Cup, uh, and doing it in style, especially in that fifth set. In style in both the finals and the semifinals, uh, getting pushed to five both times. Uh, We can't overlook the semifinal versus Trentino. That was a five-set banger as well. But uh, sure enough, in both cases, Perugia gets pushed to the fifth set, and in that fifth set, they explode out the gates, and there's there was really no doubt in either of the fifth sets of the finals or the semis. Uh, Wilfredo Leon was terrific, uh, no surprise there, up until that that pretty scary moment late in the fifth set. Uh, but it was actually Ole Plotnitsky who was named the MVP of this tournament, this little mini tournament. Uh, let's see, he came in a, a handful of times to serve, but started the fourth and fifth sets, and all he did was go eight for twelve, attacking with three stuff blocks. So. Casual, whatever casual. no big deal yeah 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 that's no big deal i mean it's it's I, again I, it's such a crime that we don't get to see this man start every match but uh <sighs> sure enough perugia gets the first of their main goals of championships that they are determined to win this season and i do think that the super cup is the easiest and the least significant but it's something so Absolutely. congrats to perugia for that yeah, I mean it's first first event of the year, um, and I, I mean it's the first time playing Trentino. You're still getting to, getting together, especially with the World Championships, that you didn't really have any much of a lead up uh, into this year. It's kind of a crapshoot, as we're going to see with some of the other uh, championships going on uh, else, elsewhere. Um, but I do think this is a statement win for Perugia. Uh, I do have it down to that. I, I, I think hundred percent think that Plotnitsky coming in, they changed the tides a little bit for Perugia and just just change things up, and he brings in a, a bit of a different energy for them, and it's. It's, it's crazy to think that you can take off one of the best left sides in the world and you can get a better result in, in Plotnitsky, but that's kind of, kind of what we had. Uh, but on the other side of the net, Rob, as, as I said, I was pleasantly surprised with what Lube brought to the table. And I mean, I've been very lukewarm then so far this season, and, and the just re- results haven't shown for it. They lost to Padova. They got three-donged by Monza. They barely beat Trentino with a 19-year-old rookie setter who had never played in a Superliga match before, Right. And they came out and balled. Like they they went after it. They, they, they went hard. Uh, Botolo was awesome. Yant was fantastic. Uh, your your 
Puerto Rican import uh, on the right side. Gabby Garcia Fernandez was lights out, and they they pushed. They really pushed Perugia in, the, in this one, and it, it went the distance because they, they were going hard. Yeah, I got to give Lube credit. I mean, it's been an up and down season for them so far. We we talked about the off season that they had. We talked about the uncertainty that they have at the wings, uh, because like you said, Gabby Garcia has kind of come in and locked down the starting opposite position so far this year. We did see a little bit of Ivan Zaitsev towards the end, uh, but then the outside hitter position is where I'm really more curious because I know that the that the beginning of the season. Marlon Yant was a little banged up. Uh, he barely played at the World Championship for Cuba. Uh, we weren't expecting to see him much uh, early in the Super Legacy season and in the Super Cup tournament for Lube on the outside. So it's been mostly Mattia Botolo, who's going to start pretty much every match because he's Italian. And then also Alex Nikolov uh, started the match against Trentino, played great, started the match today against Perugia and wasn't nearly as good. And so I was a little bit worried about what was going to happen with Lube, given that we haven't seen Marlon Yant that much. But sure enough, Yant came in and was awesome. A 15 for 21 he attacking was, three blocks. He was, yeah, he was amazing. Like such a revelation for him. And my question is, if he's healthy, uh, why would you not start this kid who carried you to a championship last year over an 18-year-old who's obviously an unbelievable prospect in Nikolov, but hasn't played in the Super Lega before. If, if Yant is healthy, shouldn't he be a surefire starter? I mean, to me, I think this is, is, is kind of a smart move by Lube. Um, you have Yant, who is clearly coming off an injury this summer. Like, I, I got to see him in person in Gatineau, and he was hobbling. He could barely move. Didn't look so, so great at the World Championships. This is the first time that we've really seen that Marlon Yant of old who's who looking dynamic. So while it's early in the season, why not throw in the young 18-year-old phenom get him some reps, get him some playing time. You're already kind of seeing seeing him be kind of less and less effective. People are knowing his shots. Like, they, they have the video on him. And, I mean, he's still 18 years old, right? He's, he's clearly going to be overwhelmed. And it's not like he's an Italian 18-year-old who knows the system and is coming coming up through, like, A2, A3, A2. He was in the NCAA last year uh, playing against, you know, was the, the entirety of his team for, for LBSU. Um, so I think that there's a, a big learning curve there. So why not? Give him a little bit of time at the at the start. You know, it kind of reminds me of an NBA roster where you've got these young guys who are able to play at the at the beginning of the season, uh, and then they just sit on the bench at the end at the, at the end of the year when you really go for the push. You get get him some some reps, get him some some fresh looks as at 18 years old in the Superliga. Well, you let Yant rest up anymore. But I mean, hey, I don't think there's any question anymore that Yant it like if it's not due to injury. And, and because of that, then there's a huge question mark because he was outstanding uh, when he came in on this. What was he hitting at? Like 70%? I literally just lost my... Yeah, 71%, 15 for 21. He he was lights out. And, I mean, that's a pretty good point. I think one of the... Th- my, my takeaways for this Super Cup tournament is depth and the importance of it in this club season because it's long. There's a lot of games, especially if you're one of the premier teams. You're going to be playing a million different tournaments this, like a couple of these teams are going to go to Brazil of all places and play club world championship in a little bit and champions league starting next week and all that stuff, a lot of matches. So if you have guys, you can actually bring off the bench to win you games. Or if you have the flexibility to rest some of your either injured or older or whatever, normal starters, you've got a real chance to make a deeper run later in the year when it really matters. And I do respect Lube for trying to move those pieces around. And on the Perugia side, I mean, we've talked about their roster. They're absolutely insane. They have 14 guys that can all step on the court at any given moment and win you a Super Cup tournament like this. And uh, so 
against the Trentino in the semifinals, we saw Jesus Herrera come in uh, on the right side for Camille Rickliski and lit it up and basically won them the match in the fifth set. They tried to do the same thing today. It didn't go nearly as well. Uh, he hit a sparkling negative 1,000 efficiency on three errors on three swings. Um, but then, like, Plotnitsky obviously comes off the bench, wins MVP of the tournament. You've got three, even four outstanding middles. Uh, you have Gregor Ropred as kind of your go-to serving sub guy. You've got two great liberos. I mean, Perugia and Lube of the, yeah, of, of the teams in this, in this, the four teams that played in the Super Cup, the two that played in the finals are clearly the deepest, clearly the deepest. And we'll talk about Trentino and Moden a little bit, but that's a big difference for me. Um, okay, yeah, maybe maybe depth-wise, but I do think I, I, I do think Trentino might be better than Lube. Right? I, I think Trentino is probably better than Lube as well. And I, uh, I, I think that's a very, very real possibility. That being said, I, as I said, like I, I had very little uh, you know, insight into, into Lube, or very little uh, trust into Lube up until this point. This is the first time that I've seen them do anything, anything good. Like even yesterday against Modena, who is really struggling, yeah. um, is uh, it, it didn't really impress me. So I'm, I'm just happy. Come on, that, they, that... Beat, they beat him 3-0. They, they, they smoked him, they handled him. It wasn't really particularly close. What more do you want? I mean, just, just, just I don't know. Some things. I, it just didn't impress me. I, it was more. It was more so uh, how bad Modena was playing as opposed to how good Lube was playing. But I have to say that this match, in, in particular, the reason it went five was because of how good good Lube was playing. Like you know, uh, and but th- there is a few things. Like first of all, they're they're tearing the the uh, like they're tearing the skin off the ball. Their serving is so strong. What is it? Nine yeah, it aces is. Uh, in this one. But on the other side of the net, Perugia has passed so well. Their passing numbers are absolutely uh ridiculous looking one here 51 percent positive 35 percent um perfect leon who's getting the bulk of it 50 percent positive 33 percent perfect they are passing absolute dimes but on the other side for lube they're still passing pretty well but they're not running the middle whatsoever only 14 runs through the middle in in five sets i like and i, I also don't understand that them- that much, not that much pipe either, and that's the, uh, the exact same thing that we said against about Perugia late last year. Is for some reason they're not really using the middle of the court that much when they have two and sometimes three elite pipe attackers. Leon Semenyuk and Plotnitsky are awesome in that area, and I just don't see them being used that much. I mean, Roberto Russo went six for seven, but in five sets, you got to get the man the ball more. He's he's your most efficient attacker, as middles so often are. And uh, Flavio, 7 for 12, pretty similar. I mean, it, it's it's weird because Gianelli in the World Championship run when Italy won didn't use the middle that much there either. That was very different personnel. I expect him to, I don't know, figure that part of it out and at least run more of the offense down the middle area of the court combining and, and front court and back court middle attacks, you know? Gianelli did it more than than Dicecco. Gianelli went down in the middle seven, or 19 times compared to Dicecco's 14. Yeah, right, sheesh. like, like uh, uh, Chinignese is out here only getting six sniffs in five sets. Like, yeah, you got to, you got to give him like, more. Balls you got to give sure. him like, and that that might, you know, that might help, especially in a fifth set when you know get getting the ball block the crap out of you. Right, so a lot uh, of yeah, stuff flux in, in that fifth set. There <laughs> were a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff flux uh, in in that fifth set. Ten. Each ten. team, yeah. I each, mean, each team with nine on the match it was it was it was a slugfest, really fun. And the same goes for the semifinals between Perugia and Trentino. A uh, similar slugfest. Oh yeah, great rallies, a lot of blocks, a lot of awesome defense, and uh, I think there's a massive drop off after those top three teams. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And and Munna showed it. And Piacenza is just nowhere to be found so far. Nope. They should have been that team that has, uh, you know, slid slid into the fourth spot. But we can we can talk a little bit about that later. Rob, do we want to talk about uh, the fall, uh, Wilfredo Leon, uh, that we saw late I, in the, the, the set? Um, because that that was like quite honestly, there's there's two things I want to say. First of all, might might want to be one of the craziest and gnarliest volleyball injuries I've never seen. I've ever, I've ever seen, not never seen. Uh, but then the second half of it is that Albert, all of that, uh, good to see that he was up and like celebrating with his team, like not even 10 minutes later. That was crazy. Um, so what happened here is late in the fifth set of the super cup final today, uh, Wilfredo Leon, uh, came in out of the pipe to hit an out of system ball because Plotnitsky chased one down off a of shank. It was high in the middle of the court. Leon came in out of the back row to jump and attack it and he hit it out of bounds. But while he landed, he slipped like his, his foot slipped forward as he landed and he fell backward and hit his head hard, like the back of his head, hard on the floor. And it, it, you're right. It's and, and you could you could see he oh, passed it like he, he almost conked out almost immediately. immediately, almost immediately, immediately looked looked to have lost consciousness almost immediately. And it, the the way that that was all handled was kind of bizarre because it was something that I personally have never seen before. I've never I've some people get concussions in volleyball. It's it's rare, but it usually happens when you get smoked in the face by a ball either blocking or it's like an off block defender. It's usually because of the ball, like the head hitting the floor that hard in volleyball almost never happens. So uh, it was, it was a pretty scary sight. It was very concerning because he pretty visibly lost consciousness right on impact. But like you said, it was amazingly reassuring that he was able to walk off the court five or so minutes later, uh, mostly under his own power. And that he, in this photo you see there on the screen is they're receiving the trophy as the captain of the team and celebrating with his team. And uh, I heard, I saw Perugia posted that um, he, he got some early treatment. He got some early medical attention and scans and there's nothing immediately wrong. Uh, so there, there's no exactly way to scan for a concussion. We can maybe infer that he might've suffered a concussion, but uh it seems like a very positive prognosis for Wilfredo Leon. I don't expect him to be out for very long. So that's great news no. considering how scary it was. It w- it was truly scary. Um, and it was one of those, those plays that just, it, honestly, like I was so excited for, because if Plotnitsky was able to save that ball that, that way o- over the antenna and, and, and bring it back with like a one hand stab set and Leon was able to kill it to like, give them like, I think that was point like 12 or 13. Like they're, you know they were crushing it at that point um it, it was going to be awesome and it, uh, my heart went from being like this is going to be such a sick play to being like holy shit what just happened yeah um and it was crazy to see his like life lifeless body kind of like hit the floor right away like i was expecting to look up and see scott stevens of the new jersey devils you know of the early 2000s just coming across the ice and and, and laying one into him at the way he hit the the, the ground so hard but Luckily, he's he's good to go, uh, and and was up under his own accord. And I, I would assume that he's going to take maybe a game or two off. But uh, I mean, let's be honest with this with with this Perugia uh, roster, they uh, they you, you know it, it's not that yeah, big. Yeah, it's safe to say they can afford to do that. Uh, Perugia's got Milano coming up next, and then Piacenza. So tough games, but probably nothing that uh, Semenyuk and Plotnitsky can't handle. Uh, so before we move on, uh, I wanted to put this one up and shout out uh, our friend Bassie Lassie in the Discord uh, gave us That's this gem. Awesome. Clearly, uh, if you've been following the offseason of European volleyball at all, it is very clear that Perugia 
is the Thanos of this European club season. And Thanos obviously trying to complete the Infinity Gauntlet worth of stones. And uh, Perugia has their first. Uh, they've got the Super Cup, but there's still plenty more for them to play for. They've got Club World Championship, the Italian Cup, which they won last year, the Italian League, the Scudetto, and then Champions League. So if they can do what Vakif Bank Istanbul on the women's side was able to do last year and go five for five, they c- could call it one of the great club seasons of all time. And uh, they are one-fifth of the way there so far. Yep, they're, uh, they're already, on the, already on the way there. And I mean, uh, this year, of all years, like how many years have we hyped up Perugia coming into this coming into the year, and it's just never been the year, both for the Scudetto or the Champions League or whatever it may be. Like last year, this was the only trophy trophy that they won. But then there was always like there was always obvious holes in the roster. How? No, 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 no holes. Leon can sit. Leon can sit half the games, and you still have, you know, a, a top three outside, and arguably who could be a, like top ten, top fifteen outside as well. Uh, in Plotnitsky, so only, only, only slight weakness I think they might have is the opposite position. I'm not oh. super convinced about the play of Camille Rickliski to start the season. Not super convinced. Ah, he'll be fine. I'm not saying he'll I'm concerned. I'm He's always I'm, steady. He's always I'm not, so steady. Not convinced. I'm not convinced. And, but you have, but you have a backup too, in Jesus Herrera, who's got a cannon of an arm, just yes, like you said does. in the semifinals, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about those semifinals? Do you want to? Do you just want to talk about Trentino and, and Bodna in, in general first? Uh, I think we should save that for when we when we take more of a look at the Super Lega as we you know recap the last two weeks. It's been a little while since we've done a show, but as Fair I just enough. alluded to last year, uh, speaking of teams that were chasing uh, the the. the not the quadfecta, but whatever you want to call it for winning five trophies in one year. Uh, there was a team that did it on the women's side. It was Vakif Bank Istanbul. And all they did this offseason was go out and get the best player in the world. And already their hopes at repeating those five trophies are done. Done for. Vakif Bank in their first real match of the year loses in the Turkish Super Cup, swept by Fenerbahce. Just a fascinating, fascinating start to the women's season in Europe and a statement from Fenerbahce that they are not willing to be second fiddle in all these championships like they were last year. What I want to know, Rob, is what is it about any team that Paolo Aganu is on that just makes the, the rest of her outside hitters suffer? Right? Because <laughs> I'm looking at the numbers that Miriam Silla is putting up right now this season, and they're good, right? They're not yeah, fantastic, she's, a great start. But she's, been, she's been having a good start. Right, you got Gabby Guimaraes, who's arguably over the past calendar year been the best outside hitter in the world, come out with six points, going five for twenty with five errors, zero percent efficiency, only twenty five percent hitting. And then Nika Dalderop, even worse, uh, four for thirteen with five errors. I don't, I do not know. I don't know what it is about that. Uh, Egonu's stat line was perfectly fine, I'd say. Uh, 19 for 41, five errors. That's uh, about classic 30, 35, line. 40% efficiency, yeah, plus two blocks and an ace. But that was it was very strange. Very strange that, I mean, maybe Nika Daldrop's going to struggle. I uh, never played with John Suozbay before. It's really early in the year. Uh, the Turkish League is, is one of the weird ones that has the Super Cup like as literally the first match of the year. First thing. Yeah, literally. And there's the not even any semifinals or anything no, for it. It's, it's just, just one match. one match. That's it. And yeah, no regular season to lead up to it. Like that. That's it. You're really jumping in the deep end. But I am. It's it's weird to see Gabi, of all people, struggle like that offensively uh, in a familiar system with familiar people around her, and 
just not quite be able to get it done. But on the Fenerbahce side, I think we've really got to give a lot of credit. Uh, Arena Fedorovseva, uh, don't forget about her just because Russia didn't play it all this summer. Uh, Arena Fedorovseva is still a monster, 11 for 28 with four errors, uh, two blocks, and how many aces? Six? Am I reading that right? No way. Shit, no, you six are reading aces. that. Six, six aces to that's two errors. Crazy. Wow. That, oh, that's going to give that you. flipped for a second. That's going to give you exactly, probably exactly why. She's the only the only uh, Fenerbahce player who scored any aces. That's Amazing. crazy. Amazing. Yeah. She's only, what, 19 years old at most? So uh, in- incredible performance from her. Uh, Ana Lazareva, new face for Fenerbahce, pretty good as well, 10 for 33. Uh, how about the middles? Oh, Ana Cristina's on Fenerbahce? That's yeah. News. That's news to me. Uh, six for 15, no surprise there. Uh, let's see what else. I mean... This, the six aces from Fener, from Fedorovseva is a, a, a crazy number. And, uh, yeah, Ana Cristina playing for them is news to me. That's pretty cool. Uh, Ada Erdem, legend, of course. But, yeah, it was just weird. Weird that Vakif Bank started so slow. They struggled from the outside this much and definitely something to follow along with. I mean, they're they're going to coast through the, the first part of the Turkish League season. But when these two teams play again, whenever that is, or when either of them play a Jajabasha, I'm fascinated to see what happens. If I may, though, if you look at this, like Federitseva was obviously the best player on the court in this one. Yeah. How fresh is Federitseva? Very. Oh, she's she's a roaring to go. Great right? point. She played all summer. She's she is chomping at the bit. How tired are Gabby and Inagonu? Very. <laughs> How much ball have they played this summer? That is a pretty good take. Right? Like, I, I think up. I think you know what like it wasn't that long ago that we were closing out the uh, women's world championships that was a lot of games like way more games than the, than the men's side of things right and they had to jump right into the season i think with even a shorter time frame than the men got so uh, you know what I, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me let's say and uh sure enough the the, the regular season of the turkish sultanlar league starts tomorrow and yeah, uh fenerbahce and Fenerbahce immediately opens up with uh, Tiana Boscovich and Zajabasha. So uh, that's awesome. Hyped. Very good first game of the year. We'll uh, make sure we tune into that tomorrow. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, th- that's, that's got to be the featured televised match in Turkey. And yeah, it looks like it is. So uh, that's going to be pretty sweet, but a very surprising result. I mean, last year, just on pure talent alone, Vakif Bank coasted through the Super Cup, even with all the other factors of being early in the year and all that, but not this time. So. Um, Paula Egonu and company are going to have to settle for four out of five uh, at most for the rest of this year. Yep, absolutely. They they can't not uh, complete the Infinity Gauntlet, and we only have. <laughs> I mean, but technically, we still have a lot of teams looking for the Infinity Gauntlet. Like ob- obviously, Venerbahce would be would be one technically, but uh, let's be honest. There's there's only one. That's that's the Thanos this year. Oh yeah, uh, Vakif Bank clearly the the Thanos on the women's side, and they've suffered an early blow. Uh, so speaking of Super Cups, there's one more major one that I want to talk about before we catch up in a couple weeks of regular season, and that is the Polish Men's Super Cup. So uh, just like the Turkish Women's, this is just one match, uh, no semifinals or anything like that. It's just the, a rematch of the previous year's finals, uh, but it is a couple matches into the regular season. So like we've talked about the Plus Liga, there's really a lot going on all the time. There's matches almost every day, and the teams had had a couple matches worth to figure themselves out before playing in this one. Uh, but sure enough, Yashemski Vingil, who's undefeated in the league so far, wins the Super Cup again, second year in a row. Uh, they beat Zaksa Kenjuzin Kozle 15-13 in the fifth. 
So a banger of a match for sure. And uh, sets the stage for an awesome renewal of this rivalry between these two teams this year. Stefan Boyer out here, 22 points, 39 attempts, 50%, 56% uh, hitting, 36% efficiency. Uh, I think the man is back. I think I think I think the man is is officially we can say we can say he's back now. It's yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's great to see him have this level of club season again. Uh, Yuri Glotter, I believe, was named MVP of the tournament, which is kind of surprising. Uh, he did have six blocks and went eight for twelve attacking, so uh, that'll certainly help. You got to give the middle some love. Uh, Imagine Tri- if Glotter was was on that uh, our Ukrainian, Ukrainian team for team. World Championships. Uh, honestly, I'll, I'll be say it. Yuri Glotter has been one of my favorite favorite. Um, uh, middles to watch over almost like the past decade. He's really just always he, he's just so passionate and he's he's so intense. He's he's one of the best. Yeah, he's great to watch. He's number thirteen there on the left side of the picture. He's built like a linebacker and plays like one too. He's he's a blast to watch. Uh, on the Zaxa side, uh, the numbers certainly aren't that bad. Uh, Wojciech Zelinski has been starting at outside hitter, so uh, no Denis Karyagin hardly at all. And Jelinski was fine. I mean, seven for 14, two errors, 36% efficiency, uh, nothing wrong there. Uh, Pashitsky and Smith fine. were great in the middle. I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing is they have he's to replace just fine. Right. They have to replace Camille Semenyuk, and that's just impossible. So they're going to have to get so much more out of everybody else. And even still, they only lost 15, 13 in the fifth. So Zox is going to be just fine, but they're certainly not the team to beat this year like they have in the last couple. Yeah, no, they 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 definitely aren't. I think JW's is definitely, you know, putting themselves at that top of the mountain, uh, especially with this win uh, so far. I think they they've just got the roster to to do it this year. Like they've got the depth and they've got the got the talent. Um, I don't think they're going to be as strong at the Champions League as Zaxa was the the past years. But hey, we saw JW make a pretty decent run uh, this year, so it, it might be able to happen. But uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting start to the uh, Plus Liga so far, uh, as I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this, a little bit later on. Look at this from Zaxa. Look, their two best players, their two most important attackers are Wukach Kaczmarek and Alexander Slivka. Kaczmarek, 14% efficiency on 43 mm. attempts. Slivka, yeah. 3% efficiency, 9 for 31 with 8 errors. That is not good enough from either of those two guys, and still... They lose only 15-13 in the fifth. That's how good the rest of this Zaxa team is. And if they get something better out of one or especially both of those guys, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I, I think they could be too. Uh, I mean, I have, did not watch this match, so I don't have much to say about... I can only go go by the stat test and can't really go by the, the, the eye test on this one. But I will be sure to watch yeah, the, they, the, the mean, rematch between these two teams because I think it's going to be interesting. Right. Zaxa also got really lucky that both Tomas Fornal and Rafael Shimura both hit negative efficiency. Okay, yeah. So, the, uh, just that's, a struggle all around on the outside. Honestly, this game teams. sounds like it was really ugly to watch, right? You've got yeah, negative, efficiency, negative efficiency on one side, real low efficiency on the other side, and like both both uh, athletes, like only boy, like who would have thought that Stefan Boyer would be one of the most efficient athletes on the day? Yeah, not a not exactly his his reputation, but uh, great to see him playing well. So yeah, Shimsky uh, wins the Super Cup in Poland, and uh, they'll definitely race against Zaxa for who can grab the most trophies this year. 
hundred percent. It's going to, it's going to be fun. I think the, the plus Liga is wide open this year because like JW is not head of head over heels better than everyone else. Like Zox has been the, the past few years. And there's Agreed. so much quality throughout, throughout the, the rest of the league as well. And uh, Rosovia as well. Like we'll talk about in a minute, but before we break down a couple of the leagues uh, that have been going on constantly in the last two weeks since our last show, uh, Everett, tell the people about that volleyball dot store. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to look good, like look look at us today. We're ma- we're not matching. We're complimenting. Oh, yeah. We're we're complimenting each other. We're both wearing the baseball tees, the spicy volleyball baseball tees. And if you want to look good like us, you just head over to that volleyball.store to get all of your spicy volleyball merch, your nine by nine merch. Uh there's a f- couple of few other great lines that are up there that I'm gonna build promos for uh for, for next week. And uh, yeah, it's a good way to support volleyball source and support the nine by nine support us and uh look good while doing it so make sure you head over to that volleyball dot store it is november i do feel a a black black friday sale a coming rob Ooh, a businessman everett uh jumping on the bandwagon i love it yeah absolutely so make sure to check out that volleyball that store uh and support us a little and you know i think it's about that time if you don't want to spend if you don't want to spend that money you just want to spend a little bit of money there's another option you become become a member of this here youtube channel um you will get a nice little emoji uh, attached to your name and you'll be have access to uh, a few different volleyball source gifts and, and, and a few other things that come come online. And if you don't want to spend your money, there's two ways you can help us. First of all, subscribe, right? That that would be a second help. Second of all, just give us a like on this video. You know, just just give us a like, maybe at least a little comment la- later on, uh, and that help us helps us a lot. Well, there is a very important programming note, Everett, before we get into the rest of the show, because looking forward to next week's show. Uh, Ooh, next, yes. next week. Yes. Next week, we will be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the 9 by 9 It's amazing. We've been doing this show for a year. Uh, episode 1 was November 9th of last year in 2021. So uh, next week, next Tuesday, will be November 8th. That's close enough. We're going to celebrate the 9 by 9s one-year anniversary. So what we need you all to do is we need you, after this live stream is over, to go into the comments and to tell us what your favorite 9 by 9 memory is of the last year. Uh, give us your your favorite dumb takes, your favorite joke, your favorite uh, match that we've discussed. Uh, I, I don't know. There's been there's been a lot of funny moments in the last year on the nine by nine. So uh, after the video is over, put that in the comments. And even better, to make my life easier, uh, give me an episode link and a timestamp so I can compile them all into a video that highlights the last year that we've had that we will play on next week's show. So uh, help us even even better. Go one step farther and further and just clip it out for us. Yeah, yeah, even even better. Send, send it to us on the Discord. Let us know uh, on Instagram or something. You know, just 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 do it up, and we we would appreciate you for that. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show next week, celebrating a year's worth of nine by nine volleyball content. So I look forward to that. And comment uh, comment down below after the show is over. Uh, Everett, before we jump into talking about some leagues, I need to uh, fix one technical issue and give us about a ten second break where you might have some buffering for about 10 seconds and then we should be right back so uh hold tight with us for just one second ladies and gentlemen
All right, we are back. Uh, let let me know, ladies and gentlemen, if you can hear us and see us okay. I think I got everything to work. So uh, let us know in the live YouTube chat, and let's get right back into the show. Uh, everywhere do you want to start? What, what league do you want to run around for the last two weeks and catch up on things? Uh, I definitely want to start with Italy. Uh, I think this the start to this season has been so damn fascinating. As you see right there, Perugia coasting 5-0. and Everything after that is bedlam. We've got Cisterna <laughs> in second, who just lost to, to Siena, who was in last that? place. Monza has been on a tear since Zimmerman has come in, has been absolutely ridiculous. You've got Modena hanging out in the bottom with Toronto and, and Siena, right? Like, Padova is a 500 team sitting in ninth. Like, what is going on? Piacenza, we thought they were going to be fantastic. They're struggling. Like, Verona has been fantastic with their seven footer on the right side, but they still don't know how to pass and they won't bring in Gord Perrin. So, so much has, has been going on this year and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like it, it just makes it watching so much more interesting, right? Like before last year, there were so many games like, I don't want to watch that. It's going to be a bad game, right? There's no relevancy. Now, literally everything is relevant. Everything, everything is relevant. Like I, I would not have watched Sienna versus Chisterna. And admittedly, I did not watch Siena versus Cisterna, but then I saw, then the result happened, and Siena, who looked like the worst team in the league, beats one of the hottest early teams. It's it, it, it's insane. Everything from places two to twelve is absolute chaos, and we're not going to talk about Perugia. We already did. Uh, they won the Super Cup. They're undefeated. Good for them. Everything else is is it's madness. It's absolute madness. It's crazy. I yep. mean, Tr Trentino gets a lot of credit, honestly, for weathering the storm while Ricardo Spertoli was out because they, they did lose one. To, uh, let's see. They lost. That I mean, one. they lost. They lost all of those games. Well, they they but they took Lubitsch even over to five, which I mean, that could have gone any direction, even if Spertoli was in there. And then they lost to Cisterna in five. No, they beat Cisterna in five. Sorry. Well, yeah, with without Spertoli, they still beat Cisterna, who's pretty good in five sets. And that's better than maybe we could have thought, especially after that first match that uh, Nicolo De Palma played, which was just looked terrible against Piacenza like three weeks ago. So Trentino's hanging in there okay. They look pretty good. Piacenza, conversely, looks terrible. And then Milano, Milano the other day goes and gets three-donged by who? Verona? Yeah. A, a 3-0 smoke show from Verona over Milano, who we thought was going to be way better. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make about this league. It's all over the place. Um, and to be honest, I absolutely love it. Right. That's I fine. love it that really everything fun. has just been like, you know, tipped over over on its head. Um, and yeah, like I think this is best case scenario. You know, I, I, I really, really do. Like there's there's so many question marks to me. Um, first and foremost, one team I want to spotlight. Uh, I, I said that Monza has been absolutely lights out. Three nothing against Lube, three once against, uh, one against Piacenza. They have been absolutely fantastic since uh, Jan Zimmerman uh, has joined them. Um, Steven Marr has been crazy from the baseline too. He's scored nine aces in the past uh, past two matches, so he's been lighting it up. Gregor Grozier is looking absolutely mint. That German connection from center to right side is looking good. Like Mons is just a really good team all all around, and 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 they're super solid, and they've got a lot of they, they've they've got a lot of guts. You know, it's a gritty team that still has a lot of talent. 
Yeah, they've had to deal with a lot in the early part of the season. I mean, you go out and sign a superstar setter in Kachopa who immediately tears his ACL, and then you're in limbo for the first like three or four matches at that point. But like you said, this has been a different Monza team since Jan Zimmerman has come in. I mean, Jurgi Groser going 23 for 36 with only three errors against Piacenza is just disgusting. It looks Gross. like he's back to age 25 again. He's Gross. ripping like 55% efficiency. I mean, come on. What are you supposed to do against that? Yeah, Stephen Marr's serving's been great. Uh, Monza's serving numbers in general look pretty good. I mean, Davi Skiba had five aces against Piacenza in the last one. And they also, didn't they sweep Lube at some point recently? Yeah, no, they, they last week they beat Piacenza the week before they swept, they swept Lube, right? And that's like, that's what like Monza is here to play. You know, you still have Arthur Schwartz on the bench too, who can sub in in the middle or, or play on the right side. Like, you've got some options on that Monza team. And I just, I like the makeup of this roster. I have to say, you know, they just, they, they just, they just seem to work really well together. Now, we will say that, like, they don't have much in terms of depth, like, not much there, sure. uh, it, like, like to go to, but still. Like I'm, I'm the early goings with this Monza team, I really like them. That injection of Jan Zimmerman to the roster uh, has has been super super fantastic, and yeah, they're they're definitely a fun team to watch. Um, almost kind of like Milano from the past few years, and Milano on the other side of things has been has been struggling a little bit. I know they're three and two, but still has been pretty. Speaking of Milano, I mean, I, I, I hope we have some Italian fans. I know it's nighttime in Italy right now. They're probably not awake. But if there's anybody in the, in the chat that knows a little more about this than I do, tell us about the drama between Monza and their team identity. Because if you don't know about this, Monza is a suburb of Milano, of the city of Milano. It's one of the first towns outside of downtown Milano. And recently, I, if I'm not mistaken, Monza has rebranded themselves as Verovoli Milano. I think they're trying to be. No, they've always they've they've always been like that. Technically, um, been that, but I, but recently there's been a lot of a lot of uproar from people that are from Monza saying the team is leaving them for more money in a bigger stadium. So there's something going on there. I don't exactly know what it is. Oh, interesting. Uh, but speaking of the other team in Milano, I think we should talk a little bit about Milano getting smoked three zero by Verona. I mean, I, I, to be honest, like what what's going to happen with Verona this year? And like, first of all, I don't think Milano's that good. Right. Yeah. I think you're putting too much pressure on Yuki Ishikawa to be the guy. And like Yuki Ishikawa works really, really well in a in a in a good system, right? He's fantastic where Japan, where he has to play a role, a very, very big role, but it's still a role. He's been really good for the past Milano teams where you've had guys like, you know, Thomas Jaschke and Steven Marr and Jopathi and these other guys who are going to be able to, to carry some of that load. But now it's kind of just it's it's Yuki's team, and I don't know if he can shoulder at that at this level. I mean, Jean Patry hit 0% efficiency in this one. 7 for 22 is yeah, 7 errors. Right. That's just not going to do it. Ishikawa wasn't bad. He didn't even start the match, but he came in off the bench and went 10 for 18. Yeah, 10 for 18. Okay, that's, you're right. That's perfectly fine. What I'm really interested in is Verona's attacking numbers. Zero unforced errors. Crazy. Zero. Crazy. Zero unforced errors. And remember, their three wings are Mozic, Keita, and Sapozhkov, who are all under the age of like 22. And those kids are out there making zero unforced errors. That is really, really impressive and promising. And their passing numbers weren't particularly good. I mean, Gord Perrin came in, passed the ball great. No surprise there. Uh, but Sapozhkov, 15 for 26 attacking. That is awesome. Namori Keita, 10 for 15, one error, like 60% efficiency. Like this team is two, at Rook Mozic, 11, 11, for 20, 11 for 21, zero errors. Like Verona's Off. offense is so sick. 
offensively, this team is is so, so good. But the real question mark is like you see it in the passing, right? And Mozic yeah. is starting to break a little bit. 13 perfect, 27 uh, positive, 7 perfect, 21 uh, positive. It's it's if you're if they're going to be up against strong strong serving teams, they need they need Gord Perrin in there to pass the ball, right? They need Gord Perrin to, to be in there and 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 take the uh, take take half the court. But otherwise, if you're a team like Milano that can't really put much much pressure on them, you just let their big boys go out there and swing away, and that's this case scenario. That's see, that's the funny thing is that Milano did put some pressure on them. They had seven aces to only twelve errors, including four from Paolo Poro, who is far from the most threatening server on their team. So they were getting the aces, but when the ball is in play, uh, Verona's in and out of system attacking was just awesome. And that doesn't surprise me. I mean, think about the average contact point of Keita, Mozic, and Sapochkov. I mean, that's sick. Yeah, absolutely. You've got Grozdanov going only three for four down the middle, but still, like you know, he's he's providing a prevent presence. They're going to Spirito instead of Raphael. This, a little surprised this... by that. Yeah, they've got interchangeable setters who are both extremely different, but can both set a super efficient offense. It's kind of cool. You know, we, we've we've talked a lot about depth tonight, and like Verona's got the depth. They've got yeah. the interchangeability. They've got so many guys who can give different looks, uh, and that's what's awesome. That like you know, and, and even hey, even if like worst comes to worst, Shaposhkov is having an off game. Things aren't working. Throw Kato onto the right side, bring Gordon on onto on the left. You're still good to go. Um, so there's there's plenty of options for this Verona team, and I think like them and Monza right now are two of my most intriguing teams in the league. Both really fun to watch. Uh, let's talk about the bottom of the standings a little bit. I mean, we talked about Siena beating Chisterna. That was pretty impressive. But there was also a Padova and Taranto slugging it out in a five-setter, which Padova ended up winning 16-14 in the fifth. Uh, Everett, your boy. the Maybe maybe the last hope for Canada right about now. Eric Lepke is back from the dead. He is playing great. 13 for 30 in this five-setter. Yeah, 41 points in the past two matches for Toronto. Uh, that's more points he scored for Canada all summer. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it's as good it is as it is to watch, and I love the fact that he's he's successful. And I love seeing, I just love watching Eric Lepke play confident volleyball, and that's we haven't seen that from a while. Even going back into to last year at Padova a, a little bit, kind of slumped away, but. It is also hard because you do wonder that if he had maybe just one of these matches this summer and got us a win somewhere, like maybe against Turkey uh, or like won a few set or two against Italy uh, at the World Championships, that maybe uh, Benjo would still be around. Uh, but yeah, he has been absolutely fantastic. Toronto's Toronto's been good so far, right? Like Padova has been good so far. They've these these are good teams that are here to play, and we're we're pretty far into the season already. Like we're, we're like we're a big. Big chunk in five matches, five matches in six for for Trentino and Lube, uh, who have that one makeup match match so far. There's like what twenty some leagues, 20, 20 some weeks. So we're almost a quarter of the, yeah, like a quarter of a quarter of the yeah. way in the season. And everyone's gonna play twenty two matches. We're right at about twenty five percent in. Exactly right. So like we still don't know. Hell, as we said, Sienna even just beat Chisterna. So there's there's so much there's so much to figure out and to shake. Through, through the rest of these standings, and I, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, I got a shout-out to Maso Stephanie as well, uh, 23 oh, yeah, 100%. 43. Uh, I, like I said in the preview I did with, with our boy Tommy Blizzard, don't, don't be at all surprised if you see Tommaso Stephanie's name high up in the league-wide scorer rankings uh, at any point this year. But it was Padova who won this match. Hey, uh, Everett, let me get, let's, let's do a fun exercise. Uh, let, I'm oh. going to give you an attacking stat line. I want you to guess who it belongs to, okay? Okay, this sounds Eight, good. I like this. I like yeah. this. 
18 for 44. Uh, six balls hit out of bounds and blocked twice. Who does that belong to? Uh, that sounds like a certain Dusan Petkovic to me. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That is a classic Dusan Petkovic stat line. Uh, I mean, 18 for 44 with eight errors. That's that's just so classic. Uh, Ron Takahashi was pretty good. Uh, 16 for 32, eight errors. Uh, Matisse Smet actually started the match. I was a little surprised by that. He was pretty good. Uh, Oscar Ruhoff came in and was fine. So uh, Padova wins a bit of a slugfest. And I mean, when we're talking about teams that are looking not to get relegated this year, this is not the same situation as it was last year, where we obviously had Ravana, who was the most embarrassing team ever assembled in Italy. Somebody's going to get relegated this year. And right now, through this point, I don't think anybody deserves it yet. I think everybody has at least played good enough volleyball at points to deserve to stay in the league. But one team is not going to do so. And I do not know who it's going to be. So every little point matters. Like Toronto and Padova going five and Padova grabbing that one extra point in the standings is going to be massive when it comes down to like April or May of next year. Huge. Even these like these matches right now matter. Right oh, yeah. for for oh, what yeah. for what happens oh, yeah. later in the year, um, you know w- one thing though we do kind of clown Dusan Petkovic uh, a little bit, but right now he's sitting third in scoring with 107 points, averaging 4.65 points per set. Uh, so not bad out there from from the Ser- Serbian on, on the right side. Also very interesting. You got three guys from all three outsides from Trentino uh, in that top ten of scoring, and uh, St- uh, uh, Tommaso Stefani uh, is coming in at ninth. Uh, with 95 points he's averaging five points per set so uh more up there he's you know kind of averaging let's see he's like fifth fifth or sixth in the league i can't i can't search it five that. points yeah. per set is a lot that's uh, that's that's, a nice that's, that's, a, that's 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 quite a bit yeah so like we said one i have one more question for you here rob before um uh we get going who's more disappointing right now P- piacenza or modena Oh, man, they're both really disappointing. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with Modena. I think Modena has been more disappointing just on kind of the eye test. Like their, their records both aren't great. Modena's one and four, uh, but they have two five setters in there. And Piacenza two and three, also with a couple five setters in there. I think Modena is more disappointing. I know Piacenza is probably better on paper, but the way that Modena has kind of looked hopeless in a lot of their losses is really discouraging to me. I mean, I think I, I like Adis Lagumja. I think that he is a great choice on the right side. I think he's having a good year so far. Even Irvin Ingapet doesn't look so good. Tommaso Rinaldi looks terrible. Uh, the middles don't look very good, excluding my boy Daddy Stankovic. And I mean, I just don't really see it for Modena. I mean, what is that team good at? What area are they good at? I, I don't think their side-out offense is good. They're not a good blocking team. They're not that good of a serving team. They're not that good of a defensive team. They're just not that good of a team right now. And I think they're a little more disappointing to me, even though there's a good argument to be made for Piacenza also. I I can respect that argument, and I, and I 100% agree with, with all of those things. Modena is an ugly team right now, but... I, despite all of these guys, you know that Bruno is going to be able to turn it on in the late in the year, and they're going to be able to get some sly veteran wins with 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 Angapath and out there. For me, it has to be Piacenza. Like you're going out there and spending all of this money and putting together this roster that you know should be able to compete with the Lube, should be able to compete with the Trentinos and and the uh, and the and the Perugias, and you're not even doing that, right? Like you're losing 
like getting like losing easily to to Monza. Uh, what did they do? Oh, they beat Siena. Okay, that that doesn't really count. Losing, oh, like like it's it's just been bad. Like it's just been bad so far. Like losing. Like Piacenza has lost to Modena. The one win that Modena has is is against Piacenza. Right, so like there is some huge question marks on on that team, and they all w- went out and spent a lot of money, a lot of money, and to be like in seventh place at this point is is a big question mark to me. And my my question is, at what point? Like you went out and spent all of this money on all of some of the best players in volleyball, some of the players who have dominated the Super League of the past year. When do you fire Bernardi? When does the, when does it you. come down? coach when does one does bernardi that stooge get out of there right um because we we've seen the mismanagement of this this uh this piacenza team time and time again we saw it last year we saw it the, the year before underneath bernardi he needs to go and they need to get someone else in there i like i, I don't i don't know who um i know a pretty good canadian who might be able to do it um but yeah like i like i i don't, I don't know who you get but you need to get rid of bernardi I, I mean, I've been on that train for years. You're certainly going to get a lot of agreement out of me that Bernardi is a stooge. I mean, in this one, in, in Piacenza, in their loss to Monza the other day, I mean, the, the stat sheet says that Lucarelli played opposite in the fourth set. It looked to me watching the game like Yoandi Leal played opposite in the fourth set, but Yuri Romano has not been good enough so far. They have just been a revolving door on the wings with either injury or poor performance or Bernardi being a weirdo. They've got to figure out uh, where they're going to get their production from on the wings and just how that's all going to look because it's not been consistent and it's not been good. So, uh, I mean, and then, like you said, Piacenza did lose to Modena head-to-head, so you might have gotten me in that debate right there. Yeah, and it's just it's just bad all the way around. And I've said it before, like, it seems that Piacenza is just one of those clubs that has a lot of money and just kind of can't, can't, kind of can't get it done. Like the Rosovia of the Italian league. They are you know? totally the Rosovia of the Italian the, league. The, the, the Rosovia of the Italian league. Like you're just going to go out there and spend a whole bunch of money uh, and you're not going to get the, the job done. Maybe kind of like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little bit closer. <laughs> um, so... I'm I'm, I'm going to make some people mad with yeah, that. You are, but they it's not. They, they it's not like you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yeah. So as we said, the Italian league this year has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what do we got on the docket for just this about weekend? to bring that up? Got a couple yeah, yeah, good yeah. ones. Uh, two matches Saturday. We got Padova versus Siena, Taranto versus Piacenza. Uh, kind of must-win games for all four of those teams, especially Piacenza. And then uh, I finally get the call on a match this year. I have yet to commentate an Italian league match, but I finally get one on Sunday morning. Uh, I got Modena and Cisterna, which actually could be kind of fun. Uh, we've got Lube Civitanova versus Verona, which I'm excited that to watch. One is- that one's going to be the highlight for my weekend. Very fun. Perugia versus Milano could low-key be fun to watch. And then Monza versus Trentino. All of those very fun games to watch on Sunday. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it's uh, I know what I'll be doing Sunday, and I'll be sitting on the couch, not watching football, watching volleyball. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely catch that uh, that Sunday morning game, Monza versus Cisterna. But uh, make sure you watch it on mute. You don't want to hear whoever that guy is. No, definitely not. Right. All right, let's absolutely move on. Let's... Let's talk about Poland a little bit. Uh, there has been a lot going on in the Polish Plus League the last two weeks. Uh, like we've said before, there are basically matches every single day because there's 16 teams in the league and they're playing each other constantly. Uh, the storyline that I wanted to bring up first and foremost is uh, one you, you highlighted the notes, Everett. History was made earlier just today. 
I'm was. talking about Barkom Lviv, a Ukrainian team, the first ever non-Polish team to play in the Plusliga, and they got their first win ever. And not only did they get a win, they beat Skra Belkatov, like a perennial like playoff team, semifinal team, and Lviv beats them in five. So huge congratulations to them. Uh, what were the set scores here? Had to have been really, really close. I'm looking at the stats right now, and I can't find where it is because I don't speak Polish. Oops. Oh, uh, 15-13 in the the fifth, sure enough. So 15-13 in the fifth. Must have been an awesome match. So good for Lviv. They are off the schneid. Uh, You can see the standings right there. Uh, There's only one winless team in the league. I'm pretty sure it's Lublin, right? They're the only winless team in the league? Yeah, Lublin Uh, is the yeah, and that, that that team's got Jeff Jendrick, Nicolas Scherzen, Dustin Watton on it, if you're American. They uh, are 0-6, but they've got three points because of a bunch of five-setters. Uh, Bielsko Biawa, who lost John Zimmerman early in the season, they are in dead last right now with only two points. Uh, but looking at the top, we already talked about Yashemsky. I want to shout out Rosovia. Uh, we just made fun of them for always being a high-budget but disappointing team, but they are a sparkling six and oh so far and they're getting ready for an awesome battle with zaxa coming up i think that match might be tomorrow oh let's see yes tomorrow rosovia versus zaxa i cannot wait to watch that real quick just going back to this Escra versus um uh lviv uh match alexander antonasievich coming back from the grave 27 for 40 in this one oh 68 hitting 53 percent efficiency so that's that's Ooh. not bad but then you have Whoa, Carl Close, like Dick Coy only with 13 points, Bianiak with 20. Where, where did Bianiak? Oh, yeah. How did they, how did they lose? Blocks. How is that possible? He had nine blocks. How did they lose? It's crazy. I don't know. That, that is crazy. No, where's his serving? Wow. Two aces, nine blocks, nine kills, and they lost. That's unbelievable. Uh, somebody must have lit it up for Lviv. Let's see here. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> nothing, nothing really jumps out to this, me. On this, the this is one here. of the this is one of the weirdest stat lines. I've what ever, is going like, on like here? Box scores, like you've got you've got one, two, three, four, like four guys in double digits for Lviv, and What's they're just spreading it around. Wow! Yeah, this all the numbers would suggest that Scraw was the significantly better team, but uh, sure enough, wow! I can't believe this. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the two the sets that Lviv won were 25 23, 25 23, 15 13, and they definitely True. kind of did get blown out in the fourth. But good for them. I mean, a, a, a Ukrainian team winning a, a Plus Liga match is a really cool story. So glad we shouted that out. Yeah, Rosovia versus Zaxa tomorrow is enormous. Uh, Stal Nissa having a pretty good start to the year. Uh, they're at the top of the standings. They play Olshin tomorrow, which is also a fun match. Uh, let's see. Zavierce versus Katowice is okay. That match is on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I mean, Poland. It's, it's, it's hard to talk about like one match in particular because there's just so many of them. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to check it out. I, I need to figure out where to watch the Polish matches. Like, I know it's easy to find. Maybe I just need to talk to Adnos and, and the other Poles in the, in the Discord. But uh, yeah, by the way, over 900 on the Discord now. Wow, so, 900. Guys, Unbelievable. You guys need to come in before we hit 1,000. What yeah, do we do when we hit 1,000? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're doing some kind of celebration. Yeah, join the Volleyball Source Discord. The link's in the description. Uh, we, we will tell you where you can watch a lot of these games, including the Plus Liga and uh, all sorts of other leagues that are going on. Uh, the Plus Liga, is, it's definitely doable. You do need a Polish VPN, but uh, Polsat Go is the spot. So 
Uh, it is doable to watch the games. They do a great job producing them. Uh, another league that you can watch, and this one's actually pretty easy, it is free, is the French League. Uh, I know Everett's been on the French League early on this year. It's actually been really, really competitive. Another league, this is the French Men's League, by the way. The Women's League is just kind of getting started. Uh, another league where there's really no clear favorite. Uh, Chalmont at the top right now, uh, 13 points, but 4-1. and one. And, I mean, you've got Torquang behind him, only undefeated team in the league, but with only 11 points because of all the five setters. So uh, really, really competitive top to bottom. Uh, we've got a bunch of Americans and Canadians in this league. So uh, the French League is fun, and it's broadcasting for free and mostly from the baseline. On uh, what, whatever the LNV's website is, which is awesome. Yeah, it's lnvtv.com. That's it. For, That's for, it. for, for those who want to go check out uh, the French League. And yeah, like we said, a lot of good stuff going on uh, in, in the French League. We talked about it uh, last episode two weeks ago. Hassan Nazar, uh, the two only ended teams, since they did lose uh, to uh, Tools, but comes back uh, to add another win. So they're a dangerous team led by uh, Quinn Isaacson and Kyle Ensing. Uh, two Americans there. And then, of course, Tolkien with the three-headed uh, Canadians. You got Jay Blank now, uh, Lucas Van Berkel, and now multiple time he just pulled off another MVP performance. Another Barncat, MVP for the Barncat. Riley Barnes. Oh. You know what? It's pretty crazy. This is a dude who one year ago was retired from volleyball and just hanging out in Edmonton. And, you know, now he's played Nations League and and uh, World Championships. Now he's lighting things up in the French League, too. So love to see a good story uh, going awesome. on there. But, yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff in the, the the French League. Also, we got some we got a good solid group of, of French supporters in the uh, Discord. So if you want to come out and talk some French volleyball, uh, they've, they, know what's, they, they know what's going on in, uh, in the Discord. It's great to follow along with them. Yeah, shouts to uh, Mike Marshman and Pat Gassman, two American middles playing for Shawmon, uh, two VLA guys there at the top of the league right now. That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's fun volleyball being played all over France, and leagues are fun when there's no clear favorite. I mean, it's kind of a theme all over sports. Like, if you're an NFL fan, who the hell's the favorite in that league? Nobody knows. Kind yeah. of everybody's average to slightly above average. Uh, Italy, there's one favorite. Everything else is chaos. Poland, there isn't really a favorite. France might be the most chaotic of all, of all of them and a ton of familiar players to uh, our North American viewers. So uh, definitely a league to follow along with. I think the, the boringest league probably this year is going to be, uh, is going to be Germany, right? You're going to have yeah. Berlin just run away, run away with it all. I think underneath that is going to be a little bit more interesting. There hasn't been that many good matchups so far in Germany because there's a clear divide. There's some, some clear, like lesser teams, especially with some of the teams that have left in the past few seasons, like Frankfurt, uh, and the and the Alpen volleys as well. So um, there's a clear divide. I'm really excited to see what Lunenburg does. They've just played kind of garbage teams so far. They've either played Berlin or the two worst teams of the league. So <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll still have to see and, and check in to the Bundesliga uh, at, at some point as well. Yeah, we'll get that for you next week if there's any good matches coming up in Germany. Uh, women's side as well. Uh, there's not that much to talk about in the Italian Women's League. Uh, the season is underway, but there were no really all that interesting results in the first week, not, at least not in my opinion. Uh, yeah, actually, every single match in the, the last round of matches was a 3-0. So uh, yeah. not, not really that much going on there. Uh, we'll catch up more. Uh, on the on the Italian Women's League next week. Uh, somebody asking in the chat about the Turkish Men's League. Uh, let me check. As far as I know, there's nothing really crazy going on. I know Zirat Bankasa did win the Turkish Cup, and they just beat uh, Arkas Izmir 16-14 uh, in the fifth in a regular season game. So I did see cool. some. I did see some like people complaining about some 
potentially cheating refs or like scandalous stuff oh, going on no, in that one, that. Uh, which is uh, which is interesting. But I mean, one thing you have to look at uh, in that Turkish league, I think there's one team to watch, and that's Hulk Bank with Namir uh, uh, and Michael Ma'a. Those highlights coming out of from those two have been absolutely ridiculous. They're and you fun, know they're dude. just they're, you know they're just vibing on each other. Namir averaging six point five five points per set right now. Uh, just absolutely lighting it up. He's got 131 points so far, killing it. Uh, and his hitting percentage so far in the season is 64%. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is Other utterly that, insane. You said the, one of the best right sides in the world to, oh, to Turkey. An inferior league. That is so awesome. And uh, follow, like you can follow the, the out of system boys are, are doing some good stuff with Ma'a playing with Namir. I know Namir was just on their podcast the other day. So. Uh, fun stuff there. Hawk Bank's going to play Champions League, uh, which is electric. I'm very curious to see how they do there. Uh, speaking of Champions League, we're going to talk about it starting on next week's show uh, because, let's see, when does the fourth round really start? It actually starts next Tuesday. Uh, there are a couple matches, couple matches for Champions League men's next Tuesday. Most of them are next Wednesday and next Thursday, so we'll talk more about it on for next week's show. already? Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's, it's, it's going down. Yeah, the pool play starts next week. Yeah, I mean, Berlin versus Pazardzik uh, next Tuesday. Uh, JW versus Novi Sad next Tuesday. Uh, let's see, Wednesday, okay. not much that's really good. Uh, Zaxa versus Carlo Varsco. Perugia versus Ljubljana. Uh, next Thursday, Zavierce versus Hawkbank Ankara. Uh, I mean, it, it's happening. Per- Champions League starts next week, so we'll talk about okay. that uh, on next Tuesday's show. Um, before we wrap it up, Everett, there was an interesting piece of Canadian U Sports news that you wanted to shout out. Uh, tell us about this young man right here and this crazy number that he put up. You know what I've mentioned before? We've talked about Canada. This I think this is the next guy, especially on the right side, especially since you know Schwan Vernevins has left. Matt Neves at the University of British Columbia, UBC, dropping 37 points against Brandon uh, on Friday. At, sorry, sorry, 37 kills, 39 points uh, in, in a five-setter. That's second all-time in Canada West history, as you see in the nice little graphic there uh, created by uh, uh, the UBC. Highest ever in the Canada West by a Canadian. Number one is Kurt, Curtis Stockton out of... Uh, uh, out of Australia, he spent some time playing professionally, in, including uh, lighting it up in Japan for for a little bit. And just beneath him, with 36 points, uh, is Paul Sunderland, who also played for Brandon, uh, a former Australian international, and none, none other than Kevin Tilly as well. So, big, big uh, point uh, point uh, total there for Matt Neves. He's a guy that was on the 25 man roster for the VNL for this summer, and he's a guy that from everything I heard probably would have been the guy to be on the right side of him and brought had he not been uh, suffering some, some injuries. So congrats to him. He's definitely a, a name you're going to want to watch and, and look out for. Um, and I'm just stoked that eSports volleyball is back. Only Canada West is so open. So started so far. I've been watching, uh, watching, watching a few games, Trinity and Alberta, both, both looking good. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it should be a fun season. I'm excited to get back into it. Good. Yeah, U Sports is back. That's awesome. Uh, the NCAA women's game is raging on down here in the States, so a lot going on there. We'll we'll cover that more as it comes closer to playoff time because, there's honestly, there's just too much other volleyball to cover. But 37, 37 points. I know it was a five-setter. Still, 37 points is absolutely insane. So uh, I think that might be about it, Mr. Everett. Uh, let's. I do want to remind the people, it's as soon as the show's over, 
We need your help in finding the greatest moments from the 9 by 9 over the last year. As uh, on next week's show, next Tuesday, November 8th, we will celebrate the one-year anniversary of the show. So leave a comment after the show is over. Uh, tell us what your favorite moment in 9 by 9 history is. And bonus points if you can find the, the link to the video or the episode number and a timestamp so I can quickly go back and clip it out and make a little highlight compilation for next week. I'm looking forward to celebrating uh, a year of the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. It's been a good year. It's been a good year. All right. Um, this week, I want those of you who are watching live to, to, to I want you to put a com- leave a comment in the video afterwards, afterwards, Sowie. Um, <laughs> what, what uh, what's the question? My, do, do you guys think, Perugia is going to go undefeated in the Super Lega this year. Great question. Uh, my answer, my answer is no. I think they'll lose one. I think they'll either lose one or two randomly, or they'll rest some starters. But uh, of all the teams that we've seen that could go undefeated, it's this particular Perugia team. All right, Kay. Even even better. Put it in the chat, not in the chat, guys, but put it in the comments afterwards. Do you think Perugia is going to go undefeated, and do you think they're going to grab the Infinity Gauntlet? And that's what we're calling Ooh, it from right from from now on. Because, we're calling it the Infinity know, Gauntlet. We're gonna we're gonna call it the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet. Big shout out to who was it again? Uh, Bassie, Bassie, Bassie Lassie, Lassie is the Discord. Bassie yeah. Lassie in the Discord for awesome. sure. All right, guys. Well, I think that is going to be it. Thank you very much for uh, tuning into this episode of the Nine by Nine. Remember, as we said, next week is going to be our one year anniversary show. Let us know your favorite clips, uh, and we will do a nice little montage of them. Uh, don't forget to check out that volleyball.store for all your volleyball source merch uh, and all your nine by nine and all your spicy volleyball merch. Make sure to like this video, share this video, and uh, just have a great week and watch some volleyball. See you next Tuesday, people, and uh, join the volleyball source Discord. We'll see you there. Peace.